We have been in a study the last few weeks on the minor prophets, and we realize they're not called minor because they're less significant. It's just, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just that they're shorter in length than the major prophets, and uh, yet there's some very powerful, powerful stuff. Uh, we just finished Hosea. It has like 14 chapters. As we said at the start of this series, some of them may only have three chapters. Obadiah, I think, only has one chapter. Some of them five, six, but... Anyway, John uh, Boyle is going to be teaching uh, tonight on uh, the next one in line, Hosea and then Joel. All right, so John, come on up and let's, uh, let's learn about what Joel, the mighty prophet of God, wrote. I know there's a lot of, kind of like with Hosea, a lot of stuff's concerning judgment and, and returning to God, right? It's, that seems to be the central theme of a lot of these minor prophets as we go through them is it's to cry out, you know, to cry out that judgment's coming. Get ready, get ready. So are you ready, Brother John? All right. Get us ready. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's working. How is everybody tonight? Wonderful praise and worship time. Hallelujah. Prayer time, Brother Terry. Here, I seen you here at 5 o'clock when I drove by leaving work. Awesome stuff. All right, so on to Joel. And Miss Bev is getting us some copies, so I'm going to just kind of talk for a little bit. And uh, how many enjoyed Pastor's study on Amos? Good book, really good book. All the Minor Prophets are, are uh, one of the first studies, or video series I did was on the Minor Prophets, and uh, there's a lot of stuff to be learned within, uh, within these pages. Um, so quickly, Joel means Yahweh is God. Joel was written in the time of the kings between 835 and 789 during King Joash's reign in southern kingdom of Judah. The tone of the book of Joel is very blunt. He doesn't hold anything back. As we should do today. His message is dire. It's a warning. It's a wake up and a warning. And it's finished with a blessing. But it's not only for his current time that he was in, but also for us in the time to come. It's quickly approaching. <clears throat> so, in Joel 1, verses 1 through 4, he calls the people to hear and to listen. He says, Hear this, you elders. And give an ear, all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. I can ask the same question today. Have we seen the stuff happening in this world today? Have we seen it before? Have our fathers seen it? 
Should we be telling people? Amen. Today is we're we're witnessing a generation that was raised without fathers, leaving the word, you know, taking the word prayer out of school, and it's taken a generation. But here we are. This is this is what happens when you take prayer out of school. You your government turns its back on God. This is the fruit of it. Yeah. <coughs> Yes, sir, Terry. Good point. Um, when you were doing your last teaching in, uh, what was it, 62, when they took prayer out? And we've seen the, the fall ever since. I, uh, most of y'all probably don't know this, but I recently took a job as a bus driver. And uh, I, any of y'all have heard me talk much, you've heard me talk about our kids and society and things like that, but being in the middle of it, I had no idea, you guys, how it's uh, what, what it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I thought I was pretty aware of society and things that were happening, but man, you hear some of the stuff that those kids do and talk about and threaten and as early as fifth grade. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yep. So, I will ask if you all could please be in prayer for all those kids, whether it's my bus or any bus. Boy, it's a, it's a day. Thank you, Beth. brother it's he is bad yeah I would I mean it's, it's it's how I make an earning but I would if nobody could ride a bus I'd, I'd be okay with that <coughs> yeah yeah right wait and Kirk Cameron yeah I like him. He's got a lot of good stuff. I don't want to take too much time on this, but I had a discussion my first week with a teacher of just how how bad it is, and her excuse was to social media. And I said, I understand that. You know, social media plays a big part in it. But where do they get the devices, and where do they get the okays to dress the way they dress, and the, the verbiage they hear, and the attitudes they carry, where does it all come from? It comes from a godless home and parents who, aren't, who don't care. And that's where it starts. Absentee parents. That's right. Amen. <laughs>
Okay, so we, did, we discussed how important it is uh, that we're living in unprecedented times and that we need to be telling people, especially our kids. Um, and then we see in verse 4, the result of them turning from God and their sin. What the, chewing locust, what the chewing locusts left, the swarming locusts have eaten. What the swarming locusts left, the crawling locusts have eaten. And what the crawling locusts left, the consuming locusts have eaten. Desolation. Starting in verse 5, from verses 5 to 7, it's to the sleepers and the drunkards. It says, Awake you drunkards and weep and well, all you drinkers of wine. Because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, strong and without number. His teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste to my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Its branches are made white. Verses 8 through 10. He just called people to wake up out of your sleepness, out of your drunkenness. Wake up. Look what's happening. And then in verses 8 through 10, he says, Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth. For the husband of her youth, the grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. The field is wasted, the land mourns, the grain is ruined, the new wine is dried up, the oil fails. It has not just been cut off, it has been cut off from the house of God. And he's asking them to well. Does this not break your heart? Well, cry out. And then in verses 11 through 12, he says they should be ashamed. Be ashamed, you farmers. Again, well, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine has dried up, and the fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of man. I don't know if we'll get through the whole book of Joel tonight, but we'll try. Since we're not having service next Wednesday, right, Pastor? Okay. <clears throat> but any questions or anything you want to jump in, please feel free. Uh, verses. Uh-huh. And with the swarming locusts left, crawling locusts is eaten, what the crawling locusts is consuming. These are all, and, and then they got the, the fruit, tree, these are all physical pictures. Yes, they are physically happening, but they're physical pictures of the spirit. I think it's important we get a hold of this, because God is saying here, I've, I, I've, you know, you've rejected me. 
I'm stepping back now, and these locusts are symbolic of just hordes of demons. Mm -hmm. when, when God just starts to step back, and the demonic comes flooding in, yeah. and you're left with nothing but curses. And so many Christians today are, are we're struggling with all this stuff. You know, and what we, we don't realize, you know, it's, it's the demonic oppressing. Uh, we have more Christians on depression medication than we almost do secular people. I mean, and this is why. You know? <coughs> we, we say we're saved, we're, you know, and all this stuff. We say we love the Lord, but if, if you don't have the manifest blessings working in your life, that means you've stepped away from God somewhere. You're, you're missing some things. And you should weep. It should touch us where we're weeping and wailing and crying out to God. Yeah. And so we've got America in this condition that it's in now, and he's just waiting for the church to wake up. Yeah. You know, he's not waiting for America to repent. He says, if my people where does it start? who are called by my name will humble themselves. You know, so, and, and the church, we just amazing. We just sit here and watch our country go straight to hell. And there's no weeping, there's no mourning, there's no fasting. God save America! I mean, I cry out every day. I mean, I know people are doing it. But God's waiting for the church in general to rise up with that voice of weeping. Amen? other countries, right. you know, they're just, other states, they're just not there. Yep, they're just you know, It's up. a spiritual battle, and we're not, they're not getting it. They're not getting past that. They can't see spiritually. They're not spiritually minded. Amen, Pastor. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, get so and removed from our country. and some wailing to get back in order. Yeah, but you brought up a lot of this in your last teaching with the, with the protection of God. And when the head starts to get removed, exactly. the church, I can't say people, the church should see that the hedge is being removed from their nation and they should start, it should break their hearts and they should be on their knees in sackcloth, wailing, crying for God's return. 
but we don't see it. Shame, shame on churches that are still willing to stand up and speak yeah. the truth, but don't just conform and invite them into their. It, understand, please, for anybody new here, of course, we'll invite them in, of course, but it's to show them truth and to show them Jesus Christ, and to help, hopefully, that Jesus can lead them out of their sin, not to condemn them, not to bring them in and judge them, not to make them feel like absolute worthless people, let them feel our love. But more importantly, the love of Jesus Christ, that he died for their sins, and he can save them if they choose to repent. Jeff? Mr. Stitt was just reelected. I have a co-worker that was mad about one of his mask mandates or something, just... And every time he talked about Stitt, your buddy Stitt, okay. I voted for him when the first election, I didn't know who he was. He's a Republican. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. But he was a good man. But Joy Hoffmeister was for all these perverted things that we're talking about. And I told him that before this election. I said, and he's a kind of a profession Christian. I'm feeding the Holy Spirit to him a little bit at a time. He goes, Oh. One last thing and we'll move on unless somebody else has anything else but there are still some good teachers we have one that's not here with us tonight she's a wonderful lady and I know she cares deeply for every kid she has and there are still some schools that will allow prayer there are still some schools that the teachers and principal and staff try to set a good example for the kids and their hands are such a degree, they can only do so much. But then you have a lot of the, to be delicate the way I say this, 
lot of the new graduates that are already indoctrinated with all this stuff and come in and try and bring that indoctrination into their kids. And that's just... side is truth, their side is the only side you need to worry about, concern about, anything else is false or deluded, they're bigots, they're whatever. Uh, a few years back, Sheila was pointing out to me all this stuff, because I was just going along and doing, you know, when I grew up, uh, we watched TV, you know, no big deal, there wasn't all this stuff on there, and so my kids are watching and I'm not, I'm, 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 it's just not clicking with me. And she's the one pointing it out to me, going, like, what are you doing? Like, do you not see what's on TV? And I'm thinking, well, whenever I was young, I watched it, and it was fine. Like, it wouldn't, but it, it is, it is, it is not the same. I'm, that's why I'm so glad you said that. And so now I watch and I pay attention. What was that? I just said you can't just turn a cartoon on now and expect that it's kids. taken hold and they're not going to leave yeah. such as that that is a statement declaring that we're no longer a Christian nation that's as bad as the bad kings were back in the Israel back in the Good evil point. kings and Jezebel and all them. That's the same thing that's right there. You invited those spirits into this country. You allowed it. Pardon? And we reelected it. I mean, I didn't. I think they've been cheating. I do, do believe, though. But I don't think he had to steal it. it he, 
he may have cheated, but he didn't have to because there was, he had so much of the white vote, he had all the black vote, you know, and, you know, it just makes my heart break for the black church because they blindly supported him knowing what his doctrine was, but just because he was a black person, they voted for him, and that's not what the church is supposed to, there's no color in the church, there's no black, there's no white, there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no male, there's no female. I mean, our identity is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And it's just that simple. But, you know, and so the whole, you lost the whole black church right there. I haven't heard of hard, some of them have repented since then. And there's some coming out of it. But it's slow going. It's a slow awakening. that bad exactly what do we do what do we do as a church what do we do when when we see all this it's right it's right yep yep and revivals like in asbury are great but they they try to snuff it out as quick as it starts and you can't snuff the holy spirit out if it's meant to carry across the whole world it's going to carry no matter what anybody else says but the thing is, is we need more of those. We need more young people. We need more people in general. True, remnant, church, believing, die-hard, Holy Spirit-filled people that are on their knees, willing to put on sackcloth, willing to do whatever it takes in front of the Lord to bring change. Or else we can just might as well sit back on our duffs and watch it all just pass by. fighting time. If it hasn't been fighting time before, it's definitely fighting time now. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. 
it's the truth in love. But, but pastor, pastor said it, you've said it, we've all said it, that so many times they'll come in. And you, you try to be as diligent as you can, but most of the time, especially if you're preaching like you're supposed to be, you're, you're preaching to the spirit in the room. So when things are said, and like Sheila made a point in one of our staff meetings, to please back it up to scripture, so you're not just throwing accusations at them without them knowing that the word of God is, 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 is not fallible. And it's the word of God that says these things, not you. I know, I'm so sorry. Just on this topic, because I know we're among friends here, so we're just like, ah, this country's going to hell in a handbag or whatever. But I just, w I, I saw something on Facebook that I thought was so beautiful, because I, I feel like sometimes the, out, the, the people who are not in God feel like outsiders, because we're always just cursing everything that they are. And I saw the director of The Chosen posted something so poetic and true. He said, it's better to light a candle than curse the darkness. And so his response to that devil performance on whatever show that was, was he's like, I'm not going to react to that. I'm not going to respond to it. And he's, it's better to light a candle. He's like, I'm going to continue with my show that glorifies God and move on. And I just, that stuck with me. It's better to light a candle than curse the darkness. So. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. <coughs> so... So whaling started all this. <laughs> Which we all agree we should be doing. Uh, and one more quick little point to what Sheila just said. Uh, I, I see a lot of these kids, and you, and you know that they're really confused. And, and a lot of times it's just a cry for attention. Um, 
and it breaks your heart to what Sheila just said about lighting a candle instead of, you know, so I could be a, a, a just absolute black-hearted person, which I am incapable of being, and, uh, you, and, and call them out in front of everybody, make fun of them, you know, just really show my disgust with their choices, right? But that's not the way that we are, right? If anything, we would take them and hug them and embrace them. <laughs> They're just kids. I love them to pieces. They're making a lot of wrong choices. They're looking at bad stuff. They're doing a lot of bad things. But, man, in the end, they're just kids. And you just want to wrap them up and just... <sighs> I know. They're not getting anything better anywhere else. All they're getting is whatever they find on their own. Or from their peers. <sighs> Every day, Brother Terry. Every day. Yep. Bring them on. Bring them on. I've been telling teachers and bus drivers to come to our church. I've been trying to get kids to come. It's it's getting it's it's getting too late in our walk here for people just to be frantically just running around. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so from Wailing, uh, verse thirteen. It says, gird yourselves in the mint, you priest. Well, you who minister before the altar, come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. For the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Who was he talking to? Talking directly to priests. If the priest ain't right, how can we expect the church to follow? Um, verses 14 through 20. Proof of the day at hand. It says, consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God. And cry out to the Lord. Alas for the day. For the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Is not the food cut off before your eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seed shrivels under the clods. Storehouses are in shambles. Barns are broken down. For the grain has withered. Again, I think that points quite a bit to what we're seeing today. How the animals groan, how the herds of cattle are restless because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. O Lord, to you I cry out. For fire has devoured the open pastures and flame has burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field also cry out to you. For the water brooks are dried up, and fire has devoured the open pastures. So summing up chapter 1. Wake up, open your eyes, come to the house of the Lord, and repent. Lament and well before the Lord that he brings or takes destruction away from your land.
Okay. What time? Okay. We might get chapter two done. Um. <laughs> um. Okay. So. <coughs> the day of the Lord. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in the an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. Can we say that now? A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been, has never been nor will there ever be any such after them even for many successive generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. No, sir. I'm going to take a little different. Terry might have, I'm sure, his own pastor, their own. From from that verse, look at how young America is. Look at how fast America rose to world domination. Look at where America started from, the pilgrims, the Bible, so many things related to God, tied to God. There was the Garden of Eden before America. But as Terry has spoken, as we talked about tonight, they chopped God off. And all the prosperous things God has done, they took it upon themselves to chop him off and try to remove him from every aspect of this great America. And what we have is what we have today. To where we're caught right in the middle of what could have been glorious garden ahead of us. And now we're being chased by a devouring fire that's trying to consume us. <coughs> um, amen. seeing it. We're watching this happen right before our eyes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out I'm gonna go on a limb here, but what's so special and, and listen I'm an American, yeah. right? Through and through. But what's so special about America? Well what, 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 well sure but 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 there are on a covenant with God. We were but it was it was no other country in the world that does that ever did that except Israel. America and Israel are the only two countries that have ever been founded on a covenant with God or the God of the Bible. 
not the people that make America special. It's God Almighty that makes America special. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to make light of our country. I, like I said, I love our country. Uh, I wouldn't live anywhere else. Uh, but we're not Israel, right? And I just... Um, That's what I was. That, that, that's 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 where I was going. So you help. Thank you, Terry.
Um, to jump in talking about the removal of the hedge. After the nation of Israel was first founded through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, there was a long period where there was no leadership but the temple. There was no leadership but the Levites. They, they were the messengers for God. They gave the messages to the people. They had prophets. But it got to a point after so many generations that it, the Bible literally says everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Moral relativism, which is what we've got going on right now. Moral relativism. Everybody does what's right in their own eyes. And when you have that, it's chaos. So without a moral standard for a society or for a people or for a nation or for a community even, without that of any type, you have chaos. And without that based on God, who is the only true moral code, the only true moral standard, then you get corruption. So we had a moral standard. That moral standard was corrupted. Then now that moral standard is being abdicated and it's going into moral relativism. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Okay, well, uh, we definitely didn't make it through, Joe. Uh, but I, I think that we had a good discussion. I think that we, we all learned some stuff. Uh, and we've we seen, we, we seen the, the fire in which Joe just takes off for him in, in the first chapter. Just like in the same fire that we should have today, that we need to wake up. Stop the sleep in church. Stop just it'll, it'll, it'll change tomorrow. It'll go back to normal. Everything's going to be better. Just keep putting it off. Don't say nothing. Tomorrow will be a new day. Church has got to start. Church has got to start being a church again and not just a, a passive. Yep. Yep. Wherever it is. But even, Bob, even, it's a great point. Even like if, if even if good spiritual people get on the school board or get on a, a, um, the mayoral board, that's not what it's called, but the, the city council or whatever, by letting their light shine and by putting resistance against their unmoral things that they're trying to do, is sometimes all we can do. And sometimes it makes a huge difference because sometimes the person sitting across from you who's always butting heads with you starts to see or think about things in a different way. And then the questions start. And then the whole door opens up and you can start sharing Jesus with them, get them to church, and then you got two people on the school board that are fighting for things of God and not things of the world. So...
Let's show it. Amen, Terry. Amen. Yep. Yes. Amen. How real is he to you? Yes. Amen. 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 God. There's a one last thing and we pray. I don't know if anybody's heard him. There's a there's a, a pastor and a writer called John Piper. He did a sermon uh, that really struck a nerve in me um, about whiners, basically. Weak church, sleeping church. He's made the comment he's so tired of hearing all his fellow brothers and sisters whining and complaining and crying about all these small murmuring things. And he says, fight. He basically says, who is your God? Who are you relying upon? Are you trying to fix these things yourself? Or are you going to rely upon God to fix these things? Instead of murmuring and complaining constantly about why is this and why is that and oh poor pitiful me, turn to God and lay them at his feet. Let God take control. Let God handle these things and not you. 
Yes, but you're exactly right. And like Terry just said, part of the process. But the stronger we get, the more reliable on God, and the less of a sleeping church we have, the more power that awakens within the church, the more these... Christ-centered life. Yes. Yep.
take your daily bread, your constant renewing of your mind. Yes, let it fill you every day. Proudly. like that song, back to Corey's point, like that song, Pastor Sunday Night, he's our strength, our refuge, anytime that we're flailing, anytime we feel lost, we feel distant, whatever, man, we just run back to him, we just nestle up underneath him, and he just takes care of us. Well, thanks everybody for being here, uh, it was a good night, good stuff. So, Father, we thank you so much for this time, Father, we thank you every time we get to come together as brothers and sisters, Father, to grow to learn, Father, to just increase in you, Father God. It, it, we just, our lives are empty without you, Father. We just, everything we can get to fill, fill ourselves up more with you, Father God, we'll take everything we can get. Father, let this, that hunger stay within us, Father. Let more people become hungry. Let more people come to these services, Father God, to learn, to disciple, to grow in your word, Father, in your knowledge. Father, we're just so grateful for everything you do, for every little thing that you provide, take care of, move away, put in place, Lord, you're just, it's just good. We just love you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen.